The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already blazing. There is a baptism with which I must be baptized, and how great is my anguish until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to establish peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, a household of five will be divided, three against two and two against three. A father will be divided against his son and a son against his father, a mother against her daughter and a daughter against her mother, and a mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. The Gospel of the Lord. The Lord be with you. In our second reading today, we read from the book of Hebrews, and it begins with this sort of enigmatic phrase that says, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. You've probably all heard that before. The great cloud of witnesses sounds like all the angels and saints up in heaven. Those who've given witness to Christ in their life, often to the point of shedding blood. And last Monday when I was preparing my homily, I, I read that line and I realized right away that there was a piece of artwork that would work great for uh, this little passage from Hebrews. So I want to go over to Padua for a moment there. There's a, we looked at some work by Giotto in one of the churches there and not far there's a, a baptistry, a tower-like structure shaped in an octagon that is where they would do baptisms and this baptistry the dome is painted by an artist named Giusto di Manaboy and he painted something a little different than you would have expected back in the early 1300s and if you sort of read between the lines it tells us something about what it means to be a saint or what it means to be a part of that great cloud of witnesses. So I'd like to look at this image for uh, a moment here. It's, it's the dome. You're in Padua and you go by this baptistry and you, and you walk in and you look up, you're, you're looking into the heavens and the heavens are looking down at you. If you imagine this in the setting of a baptism, the little child being baptized is looking up at heaven during the baptism and if you're an adult being baptized and you're coming up out of the waters you would be looking up to heaven and part of that imagery is is to say to those who are baptized your baptism means that you are invited and called to be a part of the great cloud of witnesses to be a saint Baptism isn't just a nice little cultural thing to do to celebrate a new child. It has a deeper meaning which says you are called to holiness. Up there in the center, uh, Jesus is looking down. And he's holding a book that says, Ego Sum Alpha Omega. I am the beginning and the end. And Jesus' eyes from a distance, they're quite large, right? And when you're there, you know Jesus is watching you, so you better behave. 
Interestingly enough, when you get closer, if you look at a picture much closer, it's not as much of a haunting gaze of Jesus. It's actually much more of a merciful appearance. Jesus is both, on the one hand, full of justice, but also full of mercy. Below Jesus, we have the queen of all saints, the Virgin Mary. She has a place of honor. And around Mary and Jesus, there's these circles of saints. It looks like just a lot of bobbling heads with halos, but it's a very organized image. In fact, this would be the early 1300s. It took three years to paint this, and just prior, uh, Dante had finished working on his, his trilogy about the inferno and the purgatory and heaven, and he described heaven as being very ordered in, in hierarchies, and so Part of Dante's work is certainly in the mind of Giusto as he's painting. I want to just focus to the left and right of Mary to kind of read between the lines. There to the right of Mary in that sea of humanity, three rows back, if you notice, there's the apostles. Peter's wearing a light blue uh, garment with a golden sash. He's on the left. He's in the third row with the other apostles and with Paul. Peter's holding keys. Paul has the sword because he had his head chopped off with a sword. And the problem here is that the apostles who are sort of like the, you could say, very important saints, the first ones called by Jesus, they're up in the nosebleed section, you could say. They're not really up front. This wouldn't be normal for the time. Part of that has to do with the, the one who paid for the baptistry was the wife of a nobleman. And so she was able to sort of add a little bit of her feminine touches, you could say, to this. And one of them may have been to put the apostles in the third row. And up front, we see something different. So if we look closer to the right of Mary, we see John the Evangelist and then a long line of women. John is there not with the other apostles because he was the one apostle who didn't abandon Jesus when Jesus went to the cross. And he was also the first apostle to see the empty tomb. John was very clear that he outran Peter on the way and got there first. But who had got there before John, it was Mary, mother of Jacob, Mary, Salome, Mary, Magdalene. And those are the three next to, next to John. You see Mary Magdalene holding the ointment. Well, that having the women up front tells us something about holiness. These women didn't do anything maybe spectacular. They were mothers and daughters and wives and grandmothers and simply took care of Jesus and took care of their family. Mary Magdalene even had a wild, basically, you could say, sinful life before she met Jesus and had a big conversion. Now, if we look to the other side of Mary, up in the front, because this is in Padua, they had a lot of devotion to certain saints that were more local to the area, and so they got a front row seat. I don't really know who they are, and, and it wouldn't really uh, mean a whole lot if I tried to go into each one of them, but the second row is important 
because there we see two saints, a husband and a wife, and they're not even mentioned in the Bible, Joachim and Anne. Tradition tells us that the parents of the Virgin Mary, their names were Joachim and Anne. These two saints, closest to Mary, closest to Jesus, simply raised a daughter. Raised a daughter who she was the Blessed Mother, right? So that must have been quite easy for them. But at the same sense, they, they formed a, a good Jewish home and were faithful to their marriage. Next to them, we have another couple. We have Zechariah, the priest, and with him, Elizabeth. Zechariah and Elizabeth are the parents of John the Baptist. Zechariah was the priest in the temple who the angel told him, you're going to be the father of a son. And, and, and Zechariah didn't really believe it would be possible. And he challenged the angel and doubted and really put his foot in his mouth. Literally, he couldn't speak for about nine months, as the story goes. Elizabeth was the mother of John the Baptist, but Elizabeth also welcomed Mary carrying Jesus in her womb there in her, to her home. And next to Elizabeth is Simeon, an old man who was in the temple who, as a young man, received a vision or a prophecy that he would live to see the Messiah and that he would see the Messiah coming into the temple. And so for decades of his life, he stood at the door of the temple, watching all the young families coming in with their children, waiting to see the Messiah. And then next to Simeon, we have four other women from the Old Testament. And we know who they are because their husbands are in the back seat to them, and the husbands are pointing to them. So Abraham's pointing to Sarah, Isaac's pointing to Rebecca, and Jacob's pointing to Leah and Rachel. He had two wives. Simple women from the Old Testament who are great saints. So now I think we can probably see where I'm going with this. Holiness is for everyone. Too often, something I've kind of realized is we often, we might think of the saints in heaven and our churches will often be dedicated to some famous saint or we'll have stained glass images and the saints that we often choose to kind of give a place of honor are saints who did wild and crazy things for Jesus. Saints like Padre Pio in, in Italy, his statue is all over the place. The Italians love that guy and he was a saint who, who who they basically say could do so many things, they even had witnesses saying he was, he was able to fly. The problem with, well, that's a, good for him, right? But the problem with that is, is that none of us here probably think that we're so holy we're going to be able to fly someday. And so it becomes holiness way up there, and I'm just over here, and I might get to heaven through the back door. But that's not what Justu, the artist here, wanted to tell us. Holiness is for everyone. Holiness is for simple people. Holiness is to be able to embrace the cross in your daily life. Like Simeon, who spent years of his life alone as an elderly person, simply waiting and praying. So many of our seniors might be alone. And yet, how often we see you praying and here at the church 
like a Simeon? How many of our couples here, you're becoming saints simply by fighting for your marriage, not giving up on your marriage when it's hard? How many parents are living every day to support their children and taking on perhaps a second job if needed or perhaps not working so much to be with your family that needs you? For our young people here, most of our college students have left already, but if any of them are here, you have years ahead of you of study to prepare yourself to do something great for the world and how often you're going to be in college invited to do the opposite of that, to go to that party on a Friday night instead of prepare for your exam. And it takes a good Christian and embracing the cross in your life to say no to those parties and yes to putting your nose in your textbook. You see, holiness is for everyone. Embracing the crosses that we all have will help us to become a saint. And we're all going to be up there someday. And each one of these saints up here looks different. If you get really close, you can see who they are. No two saints are alike. And no two of us here will be a saint in the same way. And so, my brothers and sisters, let us keep our eyes fixed on heaven, on that great cloud of witnesses, and, and not be afraid to take up this challenge to, as the letter to the Hebrews says, to persevere in the race, to keep your eyes fixed on Christ, on the goal. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.